0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can- cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man. A Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Fill out the quick Google form. Register for your points bet account and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt. And then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bear Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with SportsDrink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. Yep. What's up, guys? Back once again to review week number nine for our beloved Chicago Bears. Another home loss, uh, this time to the Miami Dolphins. But another another loss that we walk away from feeling better about the... Or feeling good, I should say. I don't know about better, but feeling good about where the team is going. You know, obviously we have a lot of... Uh, room for improvement uh on the defensive side um you know and 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 it makes you wonder it's like yes we're missing Robert Quinn yes we miss Roquan Smith but you know Alan Williams has seemed pretty good at uh, figuring things out at halftime and and kind of uh, you know closing things down in the second half it's like he just needs to figure out how to do that initially in the first half because you heard the announcers talking about it the Bears give up the most points in the first half or in, or even in the second quarter uh, or something like that. But in the second half, we're one of the better defenses the NFL has to offer uh, right now. So it's, it's, it's something that's kind of frustrating that uh, it takes us, you know, taking a beating in the first half to figure out how to slow down uh, our opponents. And, um, you know, I know that we don't really have any playoff or Super Bowl aspirations this year, but we'd be probably be looking at something much different if we could come out of the gates uh, playing good defense as opposed to uh, watching them kick our ass for 30 minutes and then figuring it out at halftime so um, you know it, it would be much much uh, much more exciting I think if we could come out playing defense from from jump kind of like in the Patriots game but uh, maybe Allen Williams just needs 10 days to prepare for a game instead of six or seven uh, like everyone else gets uh, kind of thing so Anyway, uh, another dazzling performance uh, from our quarterback and the offense puts 30 points up on the board for, you know, the third game in a row. They're averaging 31 points since the mini buy, 33 against New England, 29 against the Cowboys, and then 32 uh, today uh, against the Dolphins. The unfortunate part is that we are one and two in those games because of our defense. So Anyway, let's go ahead and get this thing and get this thing going and and, and break this bad boy down. Uh, Bears fall to three and six, losing to the Dolphins 35-32. This is the Week Nine review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Sunday at Soldier Field, we were looking at beautiful sixty-degree temperatures uh, in, in the first weekend in November. And um, you know there there had been rumors the day before, well, not necessarily like rumors, but forecasts that because of the the rain on Friday and Saturday uh, in the Chicagoland area, that we could possibly be looking at another forty nine er quagmire that would definitely help us out against this pass happy uh, offense, number one in the league uh, coming in uh, and everything. But um, that did not happen. It was bright and sunny throughout the uh, entire uh, football game. Uh, fall back, it happened in, uh, you know in the evening prior, so we got an extra hour to, to sleep, an extra hour to prepare for this one, uh, and it was needed, that's for sure, because as I was talking about in the open, <sighs> Allen Williams didn't exactly have a cohesive defensive strategy to stop or slow down, uh, which probably would have been a better strategy, slowing down, uh, the Miami Dolphin passing attack because after the Bears got their opening drive uh, field goal, the the Dolphins made it look super easy, six plays, 75 yards to score the touchdown and take the early lead against the Bears. And, um, you know, as you hear me talk about in the knee-jerk reaction, both drives for the Bears and the Dolphins helped out tremendously by a um, – pass interference uh call uh each of them you know the bears got a, a big one for uh, on chase claypool and another one uh for the dolphins on kindle vildor that uh put the uh, dolphins at goal to go uh after the because it was in the end zone where the penalty took place uh and everything so you know both teams helping out their opponent by giving them yards they didn't earn but nonetheless six plays 75 yards not even three and a half minutes off the clock the the Dolphins were able to to score, and then they did it again uh, at the start of the second half because their second quarter. Because what what was what was kind of funny about the first quarter was that it was virtually dominated by the Bears, and you know because their opening drive was four minutes long, eight plays, sixty one yards in the for the field goal, and then after the Dolphins scored their touchdown. The Bears held on to the football for the remainder of the quarter. A drive that lasted seven minutes and forty seconds, um, and and you know resulted in a field goal to start the second, literally the first play of the second quarter. And so it's like you know the Bears have the football, they've got the yards, they've got the first downs, they got the time of possession, but we're on the losing end of the scoreboard right now. And and like hopefully this is a pattern that won't hold and that will come out and we'll get some stops and uh, we'll be able to slow Miami down, but. I guess I was being a little optimistic uh about it because um you know that wasn't in the cards until until the damage had been done cuz we we actually end up shutting the the dolphins out in the fourth quarter but by that point they'd already put 35 points on the board including 14 uh in the third quarter so those brilliant second half uh adjustments that that Allen Williams has been you know known for uh so far in the season didn't happen until the fourth quarter. They became brilliant fourth quarter adjustments uh, when we finally slowed down slash stopped them from scoring uh, in the fourth quarter. But uh, in the first quarter, knee-jerk reaction, you hear me mentioning, it's like, hey, we're we're, we're winning the game, but we're not all at the same time. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Dolphins, and somewhat of a dominant first quarter uh, for the Bears as far as controlling the clock and uh, moving the chains, not much to show for it in the points arena uh, at this point, both the bears and the dolphins on their opening drives moved the ball fairly well, but also had pass interference calls that attributed to most of the yards gained uh, on that drive, a 28 yard pass interference call intended for chase Claypool uh, on the opening drive, got the bears in the field goal range and that's where they stalled out a 32 yarder from Santos gives us a three, nothing lead. Same scenario with the Dolphins. They get a first down here, a first down there. They go for it all to Tyreek Hill in the end zone. Kendall Vildor called for pass interference. Balls at the one. Miami finishes the drive, puts it in the end zone on a Raheem uh, Raheem Mostert uh, touchdown to make it 7-3. And the Bears have had the ball ever since. It's been a, I think, somewhat like seven and a half, eight minute drive thus far. Uh, We just got a first down on third and 10 to end the quarter, we're deep in, in Miami territory, we need to finish this one. We can't settle for another field goal. We can't have, you know, 11 minutes time of possession uh, in the first 15 and have only two field goals to show for it, especially with how explosive uh, this Miami defense uh, can be. You know, they they had a pass interference call that, that lent them their, their first touchdown, but they're fully capable of getting those yards uh, on their own. So, we need to be able to finish these drives put it in the end zone and see how we go from here yeah. i believe kids that we that's what we call foreshadowing now of course i meant how explosive the miami offense uh can be but i but i also said that we we can't afford to um you know to to, to screw around with this with this offense they're way too they're way too dangerous i mean to statistically is one of the best quarterbacks in the league this season, but I don't think he's regarded as a top-tier quarterback, at least not yet, anyway. It's it's more so a product of the weapons that he's got surrounding him with, with those two dangerous receivers and Mike Josecki uh, a decent running game uh behind him. And I mean in the first half it was just so it was cringeworthy at times watching watching the defense on the field because Miami basically did whatever they wanted to do like even that first touchdown drive um you know second play a second down for the Dolphins 17 yards to Waddle uh the very next play um you know three yards to Giseki, two yards to Mostert 33 or 18 yards for uh Sherfield one of their other uh receivers and then the um pass interference call followed up by the by the touchdown but then after we come in in the second quarter and very first play 18 yards to Cole Komet, who who is a touchdown machine all of a sudden and you know we're up 10-7 and here comes the uh here come the dolphins you know chugging right down the field uh once again and it was the the second quarter was was how that was how that went and and, and uh it, it just it was frustrating to watch cuz the dolphins were just gashing us they did it uh in the second and the third quarter we just had no answer for anything they wanted to do it it just it looked like it was going to be another game uh, another cowboys game where they just went up and down the field they did whatever they wanted and that was uh that was it you know kind of thing and it just it was it's frustrating to watch and it's, again full context you know that the we're missing Quinn and Roquan. It's like we still had these issues with with Smith and Quinn in the the lineup. They just weren't as extreme. Like obviously, we still had problems stopping uh, teams. We still had the worst run defense uh, in the NFL. Um, it, it's not like the pass rush was you know has gone completely off a cliff. We didn't have one even when we had Quinn in tow and you know it just seemed like Roquan showed up he he had two really outstanding games the one against the Texans where he had the 16 uh, 16 tackles the uh he had a sack late in the ball game and then obviously he had the interception that put us in field goal range to to kick the game winner and then he was all over the place against New England uh and then he was a complete ghost in the Cowboys game and got traded the you know a couple days later to the uh, Ravens. You get to see him play tomorrow for the Ravens for the first time uh, against the Saints on Monday Night Football. I'll definitely be chiming in to, uh, to check that one out uh, for sure. So, but it's, you know, it's I like they keep saying, you know, like, we're, we're missing our two best defensive players. It's like, that's true, but our defense... It's not like we were a top 10 defense. We traded those guys away for parts, and then all of a sudden, we're the worst unit in the league. We were pretty bad before we traded those guys. So, and, and again, I'm not trying to tramp on uh, on Robert Quinn or, or uh, Roquan's uh, Chicago Bears grave or anything. I'm just being realistic. It's like I know we weren't giving up points like this before those guys left, but we were definitely getting gashed in, in the running game. We were definitely having trouble getting off the field. On third down, both of those guys were still on the team when Minnesota went 12 for 15 on third down uh, in that game in week five. Uh, Both of those guys, uh, you know, were on the team when when we were struggling uh, against Green Bay and, you know, things like that early on uh, in the season. We just weren't giving up the points. But at the same time, the offense wasn't playing this well. I mean, imagine the record we have if we'd been playing like this from the jump. Because I think that's what we all expected with the way that we progressed in the preseason, that we would kind of hit the ground running offensively uh, in the regular season. And it still looks like, and we still needed some, it was almost like we hit the reset button and we needed to progress together as an offense to get to where we are now. And uh, But it's like, imagine if we had this offense for the first six weeks, we'd probably be like five and one, maybe four and two uh, in those games. I mean, let's take a quick look at our, at our schedule real quick, you know, obviously we won week one. I think we would have, I think we could have beaten the Packers with, with this offense. Uh, Cause I mean, we certainly would have done a better job keeping Aaron Rodgers and company off the field in the first half, you know, down 24 to seven at halftime. We won that one 27 to 10 or lost that one 27 to 10. We would have, I think we would have just pasted the Texans. I think we would have beaten the giants rather handily, uh quite frankly, even with our our, you know, difficulty stopping Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in that one, we only gave up twenty points uh in the game. But it's like the Vikings game was the one where that was really bad where we gave up, you know, three drives and three touchdowns and three drives uh in that one. And then in the commanders game, that one would have been over at halftime with this with the with the way the offense is playing now. You know, obviously we get the win over the Patriots and then and the Cowboys and the Dolphins were were more of of uh you know defensive failures than than offensive. Because like I said, last three games were averaging 31 points uh, a game. So, you know, if we'd have had this offense for the first six weeks, I think we go easily four and two in those first six games. So, I mean, with one and two, we'd be what, five and four right now, beats the hell out of three and six. So, I mean, in five and four we're easy, we're in second place behind Minnesota. Uh Green Bay is actually 2 and 7 because we win that first game instead of losing it. Uh kind of thing. It's it's an interesting thing to think of. We to hit the ground running offensively um after the preseason. We'd be looking at a much different season right now, a whole different outlook as far as what 2022 is and what 2023 could be. So it's um, it's it's interesting to uh, to think about, but you know the defense prior to the Roquan and uh, Robert Quinn trades, um, weren't giving up a lot of points, but um, you know, it's 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 not like it was a solid top ten unit before we traded those guys away, is what I'm saying, so. But uh, like you see in uh, the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction, you start to you know you continue to see the 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 defense um, faltering, and it wasn't really even so much that those guys were making their plays. You expect that from Tyreek Hill, who makes thirty million a year. Jalen Waddle was a, a top draft choice uh, for the uh, for the Dolphins, a first rounder, and things like that. You expect to see those guys uh, being productive, but. What really, um, what really hurts is, is is the fact that when Tua was finding these guys, they were so wide open and they were gashing us huge every single time. Knee jerk reaction, Bears, Dolphins in the second quarter, and we got some good news and we got some bad news. The good news is the offense is still buzzing. You know, I think they've really found their footing uh, these last few games coming off of the. Uh, coming off the mini-buy after the Commanders game, where we've had our worst offensive showing uh, of the season. Um, You know, we've had the ball four times in the first half, and we've gotten, in the second quarter, literally the first play. As soon as I hit, uh, as soon as I stopped recording, uh, we ran our first play of the second quarter, which was an 18-yard touchdown pass to Cole Komet, his second touchdown in two weeks after going something like 30 games without an offensive touchdown or a touchdown period uh, for Komet that made it 10-7. But the bad news is we still have to play defense um, from time to time, and they let the Dolphins march right down the field. I mean, they made the first drive look even easier. I mean, and granted, we gave up 30 yards on defense on that first drive with a pass interference call, but... I mean, which says a lot about them making it look easier the second time around. They march right down the field, and then um, Tua hits uh, Tyreek Hill for a touchdown pass where Hill was open for about five yards in every direction. So, I mean, it's not like you want to pay much attention to a guy like Tyreek Hill. He's, he's only the most dangerous wide receiver in the NFL. So I'm, I'm sure if we do nothing to adjust to that, we'll be just fine. Uh, the other bad news was we had a special teams gaffe. Um Trenton Gill, our solid rookie punter, decided to take about five seconds to kick the ball uh there after uh we went three and out or or after we were forced to punt around midfield. I mean, this this thing never had a chance. I mean, he just held on to the ball forever. It it didn't I don't recall him juggling the snap or anything like that, but nonetheless, I mean the Dolphins were on top of it so badly that The, the, the defender didn't block it with his hands. He blocked it with his stomach. I mean, that's just how far into the, the, the rush that they were scooped it right up, ran it in for a touchdown, made it 21 to 10. And then the good news, we came right back down the field, scored a touchdown, make it 21 to 17. And the funny thing was a great touchdown throw from fields to, to Mooney, ironically, Nine games in, this is Darnell Mooney's first touchdown catch of the season. Uh, My first thought was, we left too much time. Because Mooney catches the pass, there's a buck 53 left to go uh, in the half. And sure enough, the Dolphins come marching right down the field. Got the ball into field goal range. We finally stop him on third down. uh, Which again, that was one of my keys to the game. We got to stop him on third down. I think that was the first one where we actually did and uh, forced a field goal attempt which he hooked wide left so it's 21 17 uh, at the half and uh, the bad news is Miami gets the ball back to start the second half so it could be 28 to 17 in short order unless Allen Williams has another batch of uh, brilliant second half adjustments that will help uh, get this uh, Dolphins uh, offense under control because if that doesn't happen, uh, we're going to have to score 40, uh, to win this game. And we'll have to see how that works out. So hopefully Williams brings in a score of, of, of adjustments that help us bottle up that defense and the offense keeps plugging along because they're playing awesome right now. <laughs> Once again, I believe you call that foreshadowing because I said the bears would have to score 40 to win this game. And that was accurate. They, uh, they gave, ended up giving up 35, 40 would have been enough, uh, but uh, unfortunately not not as much as we were able to crank out on this particular uh, Sunday. But, you know, like I said, they came marching right down the field, seven plays, 75 yards, um, you know, first play uh, Tua finds Tyree Kill for 25 yards, a couple plays later. Uh, uh, Tua across the middle to Waddle for 26 yards. Uh, Short pass to Cedric Wilson for 14 yards on the play after that. And then two plays later, Tua finds... uh, Oh, that was uh, a penalty. My bad. Two plays, uh, two, three plays later, Tua finds Hill for... uh, It was a three-yard touchdown. But like I said, he was open. Tyreek Hill. Was open for five yards in 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 every direction. There wasn't a defender in the neighborhood uh, when he uh, when he caught the ball. So it's not a good not a good situation. Uh, and then the block punt is like obviously, uh, you know, going back and 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 having a chance to to look at it. It was more about a failure up front, obviously, with the blocking than it was about how long Trenton Gill was taking to kick the ball. It just feels like it takes forever when 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 the block is made to look that easy you know cuz like i said the guy blocked it with his stomach that's how deep into the backfield he was was that he didn't need his hands he could have literally just done like a big starfish splash onto the onto the punt to to block it cuz he didn't need his hands he could have been armless and ran in there and blocked the punt with his torso that's how far up the field he was uh when he blocked it uh and everything, and then like i said the the defender picked it up and ran it uh scooped it right up and ran it in for the uh for the touchdown you know on our first three and out uh, of the game uh, and then, like i said, the good news was we 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 answered we came right back down the field uh you know twelve plays seventy five yards five and a half minutes, and uh you know fields made a hell of a throw to Darnell Mooney in the corner of the end zone and and, and a, th- a throw that um, you know was not only was it a good throw into the corner of the end zone but it was also in a spot where Mooney going up against you know Xavier Howard one of the best corners in the league he put it in a spot where only Mooney could go up uh, and get it and, and Darnell came down with a hell of a, a catch uh, to make it 21 to uh, 17 uh, in that one and it just it was an, another solid drive uh, for us. Montgomery had a nice eight yard run uh, in there. Actually, it was a good drive for us running the football, to be completely honest. Um, we, uh, yeah, it was a nice 17 yard. Or Fields had a nice run, 17 yards in there. Montgomery had runs of four and uh, eight. Um, let's see, eight more is, yeah, it was a good run, good, good solid drive for us and that has been the big difference with the offense since the mini buy is that the drives are sustained it's not like we're we're not an explosive offense that that can generate those big plays like the dolphins where they can you know do a 75 yard drive in four plays because it was like three 25 yard plays and boom we're in the end zone kind of thing but it's you know it's it's been a nice mix of play calls From Getze, some of the things are just the fact that we have one of the more dynamic athletes at at quarterback, and he can see something, and then and and the the way that he's been getting away from the rush lately has truly been extraordinary uh, to watch. And uh, you know, avoiding this guy, making that guy miss, breaking this tackle, getting away from that guy, and then he's out in the open and and getting as much yards as he needs uh, for the first down. Uh, it's truly been a uh, a pleasure uh, to watch, and and it's 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 been a vindication for a lot of us who have like for me, I was over the moon when we drafted Justin Fields, and I felt so badly for him last year watching him suffer in 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 uh, in Matt Nagy's offense, where where that dickhead just refused to actually do anything that Justin Fields might be good at. And still watching him occasionally do amazing things like that touchdown run uh, against the forty ers the the comeback against the Steelers on Monday night football that the defense ruined, uh, and things like that. And then we get to this this regime, they're saying all the right things, but for the first four or five weeks, it's like actually, you know, six if you count the commander game as well. It's just where where is that? You know, it's like, yeah, you're you know, he's doing things occasionally Uh, with his feet but there are no designed runs it still looks like we're running naggy's offense for andy dalton out there a lot of the times and relying more on the running game and not even trying to uh you know throw the ball at times and like we don't trust him passing it and things like that i mean these were discussions that we were having things that i was saying as far as like based on on how the offense is operating it doesn't look like we trust justin fields and at times when we do trust him it doesn't look like he trusts himself all of that's gone now. You know, It's 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 gone now. It's like Fields looks way more confident out there. He's making, you know, making throws, making decisions and things like that. I don't think I've once caught myself yelling at Justin to get rid of the ball in, in the last three weeks where it's like before it was a chronic thing. He's back there. He's back there. He's back there. He's running. He's juking. He's driving. It's like, Justin. Get rid of the ball, because it's like you're getting cornered here. You can't run. Get rid of the football. Well, now he's just flat out running the ball. He'll just take, He'll just tuck it in, and he'll run. He's not waiting eight seconds to do it or anything like that. And when he does the drop back and he sees this guy, boom, the ball is out. There's no time to – it's all read and react now for Justin, and it's been working like gangbusters for us. And, um, you know, despite the – Despite the block punt and the easy points for the dolphins, we're only down by 4 at halftime. Because of fields and the offense being able to keep pace, we we tied the second quarter 14-14, uh, which was, you know, a nice thing to see. But we come out in the second half and that little foreshadowing that I said about well, the dolphins start with the ball so it's going to be 28-17 in short order came true. And uh, it was frustrating to watch that uh, those those second-half adjustments for Allen Williams in the defense didn't kick in until the third quarter was over. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Points Bet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and Bet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can- cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your PointsBet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit... Our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own BearStock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to Points Bet for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Dolphins. And it's another good news, bad news. The good news is the offense is still looking pretty good. Uh, the bad news is we still have to play defense occasionally. And we played, we gave the Dolphins the ball three times uh, in that quarter. They scored two touchdowns and then kind of shot themselves in the foot on their last one. They were driving once again. uh, They had like a third and five or something like that. And uh, Tua fumbled the snap and had to recover it. Um, It would have been like a 52, 53-yard field goal attempt into the wind. So Miami goes for it on fourth down, and and Tua overshoots uh, Jusecki out in the flat. So the Bears finally get a defensive stop, their first one of the game. Because uh, the only other time that Miami didn't score, they missed a field goal. So that's not exactly a defensive stop, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, Miami has yet to punt today. So the punter for Miami isn't going to need a shower unless we uh, somehow make him punt like five times in the fourth quarter. And and I seriously doubt that. The Dolphins are just going right up and down the field. Uh, Allen Williams is pretending like this zone defense they're running uh, against the Dolphins is working uh, because every time the ball goes to Hill or, uh, or, or Jalen Waddell or whatever, those guys are so stinking wide open. It's not even funny. You know, there's nobody around for yards. It's not like they're catching the ball and being dragged down immediately. They're catching the ball and getting at least four or five yards, if not more, after the catch uh, to just, you know, keep marching the ball Uh, down the field they're up 35 25 right now the biggest play of the quarter is Justin Fields run on third and six he breaks the pocket runs it up the field takes it down the sideline next thing you know he's in the end zone Uh, we go for two and then it was 28 25 at that point but then again unfortunately we had to put the defense back out on the field and the Dolphins march right down in like five six plays whatever it was to, to go back up by 10 so The Bears have the football right now. I think they're going to be going for it on fourth and short uh, to start the fourth quarter down by 10. I don't know. Let's see. Maybe if the defense got a little uh, juice from finally stopping them or whatever, we get a first down, maybe score again. Who knows? I got to tell you, it's been a breath of fresh air not worrying about whether or not the offense is going to be able to keep pace. Because that has been such an issue for the longest time uh, as, a, as a Bear fan. It, it has always been, well, we're down by 10, and with the way our offense is playing, it might as well be 100. How many times have I said that over the years? And, you know, even under Nagy, who was supposed to be this offensive guru, that was the case as well. You know, it's like, right, well, right now, this, like going into that fourth quarter against the, the Steelers last year, we're down 20 to 6 or something like that Did i really expect Justin Fields to lead three touchdown drives in that one not at all but somehow it happened and we had the lead until the defense let Big Ben and company just roll right down the field uh and and kick the game winning field goal but you know like i said coming right out of the gates in the uh, in the third quarter four plays 75 yards two a uh, to Tyreek Hill for 22 yards on the first play. Uh, Jeff Wilson, the running back, run right up the gut 28 yards on second down. Uh, only a seven-yard pass, or excuse me, a seven-yard run on on the next down. And then finally, if an 18-yard uh, throw to uh, Sanders, or excuse me, from to Waddle. I'm sorry, an 18-yard pass to Waddle for the touchdown. So four plays Barely two minutes off the clock, Miami's back in the end zone again, and then you know Justin Fields has his amazing moment with the sixty-one yard uh, touchdown run, and we go for two to make it a field goal game and and you know succeed. But I was it was a minute twenty-seven off the clock because it was third down. It was it was either we're going three and out or this is happening, and that happened uh, instead. And boom, you know, we're in the end zone, and we're we're still doing this. But then, you know, I got my drives mixed up because it was four plays to score on the opening drive of the second half, and eleven for the second one. But nonetheless, Miami marched right down the field uh, once again. Uh, looking at it, they only had they had three third downs, they had two conversions, and a touchdown on that drive so again third down being an issue for the bears we got them third and two and then third and seven and on those plays third and two they got 12 yards third and seven they got 18 this this has been the, the what was so frustrating about it is that we get ourselves in a position to get off of the field and get the ball back in our offense's hands who's you know the the word i like to use yesterday was buzzing They they were definitely buzzing yesterday and we have this opportunity get them off the field get the ball back in Justin Fields hands you know get it out of theirs and 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 you know possibly score some points at that point we could have we were in a position to either tie or take the lead if we get the ball back and i had all the confidence in the world that we could absolutely with the way our offense was playing it's a different sensation believe me but you know we come out third and 2 we give up 12 yards uh, on a pass to Jalen Waddle, third and seven, an eighteen yard pass to Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, and then finally it was third and seven, and <clears throat> and Jeff Wilson, uh pass out of the backfield for the touchdown for ten yards. So it's 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 become a, a thing for the Bears defense where down in distance on third down, doesn't matter whether it's second and th- or third and two, third and seven, third and seventeen. We're going to give up what they need in order to do it. And, you know, the 12-yard pass to to, uh, to waddle, the 18-yard pass to Hill is, is what I was talking about, was that days these guys were so wide open, it was ridiculous. There was nobody around for yards in any direction, and they're just cranking it right down the field. Whatever they need, they're getting it and then some. Excuse me. So it was it just um it was really, really frustrating uh to watch, you know, just just I know with, with guys like this, you don't necessarily want to run man coverage because then you can really get hurt. You can give up the big play uh with the man coverage. And then and the cover two is designed to keep everything in front of you so as not to give up the big play. That's fine. But the zones there was nobody in those zones that were supposed to be protecting because Waddle and Hill right down right up right through the middle of the field over and over again. It was to his favorite throw to make was finding a soft spot right in the middle of the field and he found it every single time and and these guys just gashed us. I mean let's look at the stats real quick for um, for the Dolphins. Tyree kill seven catches on eight targets. 143 yards. Jalen Waddle five catches on seven targets, 85 yards. So, you know, longs of 39 and 26 respectively for, for each of these guys. And, you know, Tua ended up with just under 300 yards, I believe. 302. So, yeah. Three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. He was only pressured like once or twice uh, the entire football game. Uh, one of which was an absolute joke because <laughs> – the guy that was blocking Justin Jones who who generated the pressure uh was basically tearing his shirt to pieces but there was no holding call so yeah we'll get to that uh as well cuz the fourth quarter was uh quite the display of officiating if you want to call it that so but in the fourth quarter you know we're only down we're only down 10 It's With the way our offense is playing, it's not impossible to think that we could narrow that gap. It was more about stopping or slowing down the Dolphins so we could get the ball back to them. Um, And in the end, this was the one quarter the Dolphins didn't score points in. But then we had to play against the referees. After we figured out that Dolphins offense and started to slow them down, we had to contend with the referees, and that did not work out. Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Dolphins. In the end, it was just too little, too late. The defense actually shut the Dolphins out in the fourth quarter. No points scored uh, by the Finns, and the Bears added another touchdown, a 2nd Cole cold-commit touchdown pass from Justin Fields. Um, And in the end, when the defense was finally buckling down, the offense just couldn't come through. But here on this final drive, man, we got screwed by the refs on uh, third and 10. uh, Justin Fields back to throw, lets it fly. He's got Chase Claypool for a 50-50 ball. This is what we brought Chase Claypool in for, to be that guy that wins those contested catches, to use that big frame of his to come down with it, and his defender, has him around the waist and is pulling him to the ground. No flag for pass interference. And this is on the heels of a huge missed call on on pass interference. Not a missed call, but just a messed up call, I should say. They called Eddie Jackson for pass interference on incidental contact. Eddie Jackson has got his head turned. He's looking back at the ball like he's going to be the receiver. He runs into... I think it was it was either Waddle or Hill, one of the two, that like jumped up to try to catch the ball. Eddie bumps into him before the ball gets there, and they call it a uh, pass interference call. It was like, never mind, Eddie's playing the ball. He's playing the ball, he's looking back for it, and thankfully that was in the fourth quarter, so Miami came up empty eventually when we stopped them on fourth down, but it put the Bears way back in, in their own territory as opposed to, it being around midfield where the, where the pass came from. Um, but, you know, right there at the end, uh, we, the third and 10 throw to Chase Claypool, no flag on that one. And then Equinemia St. Brown was open on fourth and 10. Fields made a great throw right through his hands. Right through his hands. He drops it. Give the ball back to Miami, who just got done uh, kneeling it and, and running out the clock. So, you know... I'm not saying we should have won this one. I'm saying that the referees robbed us of the opportunity. And there you have it. I think that would be a, a an accurate description of of what happened there in the final moments of the game. You know, the defense played terribly for 3 quarters and was working on it there in the 4th, but the referees took over for the Dolphins uh in in uh you know, in beating up on us first with that And it was Waddle. I kept thinking it was Hill. It was Waddle. That was the intended receiver of that pass interference call. It was terrible. An absolute terrible call. Like, Eddie's looking back for it. Not, you know, as if he's not even concerned about where the defender is as far as, like, him, he's making a play on the ball. He's not not turning around, sticking his hand in Waddle's face, you know, literally, you know, actively keeping him from catching the football. He's playing the ball. He thinks he's got a beat on this for an interception. Waddle actually stops short, jumps up, and Eddie bumps into him, and they call that pass interference. Eddie's playing the ball. He's had his head back the whole time. He's looking at the football. He's not aware of where Jalen Waddle is. He's got every right to the ball that Jalen Waddle does when it's in the air like that. And it wasn't like it was egregious and he he did it on purpose. It was incidental contact. He was playing the ball, as I keep saying over and over again. And they call the flag on that. Fast forward to third and 10 with Chase Claypool. This guy was not even worried about the football or where it was. He had, he was, all he was concerned about was keeping Chase Claypool from catching it and grabbed him around the waist, was hugging him around the waist, pulled him to the ground. And then the second defender, I believe, also got there early. He hit, uh, Claypool just as just before the ball got there, so there would Clay, Chase Claypool had never had a chance, never had a chance to catch the ball, and it wasn't because of stellar defense by the Dolphins. I mean, they did everything they could to cheat on that play to keep Claypool, which is football that happens every day, but that's also the referee's job to call the flag, you know, to throw the penalty and throw the throw the flag, call the penalty like that. That's how emotional I am right now. I'm, Mixing up my sentences and whatnot, but I mean, and and then of course you see all the still photos of the play. The referee is literally standing right there. It happens right in front of him, right there in front of him. No flag, no flag. Doesn't. Never mind that he's bear hugged around the waist and that he's being pulled to the ground. Never mind that. No flag. Nothing. And then, like I said, is Saint Brown ball went right through his hands and he doesn't have rain or anything like that uh, to blame it on uh, or anything. He just flat out did not drop the football or did not catch the ball Went right through his goddamn hands, just right through. It was a good throw from fields, put it in a place where only St. Brown could go get it. And, you know, did like the little sidearm job to, to put it down there. And it was there, hit him flush. It's not like it was on the fingertips and it was just out of his reach Right through his hands. All ten fingers touched the ball. Went right through his hands. So, yeah. So, like I said at the end, it's like I'm not saying that the Bears should have won this game. I'm saying that the referees robbed us of the opportunity because we shouldn't have been starting that final drive from that deep uh, in the territory. It should have just been an incomplete pass. And, you know, maybe we'd have been deep down there, but at least we would have had a chance to maybe return a punt to to take it uh out you know to 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 return it and get some uh yardage uh and everything let's pull up the uh pull up the play by play real quick and see where we were at uh with that one yeah where's that i'm looking for the okay there it is the dolphins were at the oh that's the dolphins were at their own eighteen. 18- Yard line, and they called the pass interference. A 47-yard penalty that put them at the Chicago 35-yard line. 47 yards. One of the worst calls I've seen. It, it's, it was terrible. So, yeah. And then after that, we uh, gave up a uh, first down, and then the Dolphins go for it on on fourth and one and we stop them, we stop them. But we're starting, by the time we finally stop the Dolphins, we're at our own 14-yard line, as opposed to making them punt from their own 18. That's totally flipped field position. So I was thinking it was being, you know, they were around midfield when that happened. I I wasn't remembering how big uh, a play that was as far as yardage uh, and everything. I was just pissed off at the call because it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Eddie's got his head turned around, he's looking for the ball. He's playing the ball. He's got every right to the ball. And, you know, Waddle jumps up to try to catch it and Eddie bumps into him. As he's looking back to try to make a play on the ball. If anything Waddle interfered with him. That's I think that's actually what Eddie was trying to say when uh when when the flags came out and there's Eddie uh, John at the officials. He's trying to say he kept me from catching the ball. That's de- that's offensive pass interference. He can't do that, you know, or at least not in the way that he did it. Anyway, so yeah, it's um, it didn't go that way. And then that was the call that they gave, and then they weren't consistent with it. And you know, they called it on uh, you know on Claypool earlier because the guy was uh had Claypool's right hand. And was basically latched onto his arm, wasn't going to let him make a two-handed grab. So they called it right the first time. But then this guy's got—I mean, I guess for that particular referee, as long as your arms are free, it's uh, you know not pass interference, because that guy had him hugged around the waist, is literally dragging him to the ground uh, as the ball is coming. But no pass interference on that one. So we don't know what would have happened. Um, but with the way the offense was playing, I have every. I mean, the the penalty at the very least puts us in field goal range. Even though we would have been kicking into the wind, it would have been a hell of a field goal attempt for Santos. We would have at least had the chance to tie it and maybe send it to overtime and and see what happens there or or, or whatever, or watch the defense disappoint us and let Miami march down the field. But, you know, we'll never know because the referees robbed us of the opportunity. So, anyway, there you have it, guys. That is the recap for... Uh, the Bears and the Dolphins. The Bears come away with the loss. We're two and two at home, three and six overall. The Dolphins now six and three, having won three in a row. They started three and zero. Oh, they lost three straight, and now they've won three straight. So they're six and three, only a game and a half behind, only a half game, I should say, behind um, Buffalo because the Jets beat the Bills yesterday. So uh, the Jets are six and three. The Dolphins are six and three. Buffalo's already had their bye week, so they're six and two. So they're they're still in first place, even though they're zero and two in the division right now, uh, because they're you know they have fewer losses in the loss column. Uh, but that whole division: Buffalo six and two, New York six and three, Miami six and three, and then the Patriots are five and four after beating the Colts yesterday. Something about those Eastern divisions uh, this year. Everybody but the uh, Commanders is, uh, you know, got a winning record in those two divisions. But anyway, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. <laughs> Bear up, bear down for week number nine. Unfortunately, another loss for our beloved Chicago Bears. And um, this this won't take long. It's going to be a relatively short list on on both sides. Um, kind of narrow it down to the to the key players, uh, if you will. Um, bear up, Cole Komet. two touchdown uh, catches, um, the first one and the last one uh, that Justin Fields threw. Um, Becoming more and more of a, of a sure-handed weapon for a guy that was having trouble making catches uh, last year and then early in, in this season had the case of the drop sees. Um, You know, they even got him running the football uh, on uh, on Sundays, uh, on earlier today as well, you know, and just uh, was uh, interesting to see us see the Bears do it. Like two straight plays. He, they did one of those uh, jet sweeps with Cole Komet around the edge, got like nine yards on that play and then came right back and came in motion and then was under center took the snap and pushed the ball ahead for a first down uh very interesting afternoon for Cole Komet but it's like Justin Fields even though it's taken a little bit longer for Cole Komet it's nice to see him becoming the player that we drafted him uh to be you know to be our tight end I mean there there's been so much discussion about the Bears and what we need to do in the off season, we need to add another receiver, uh, you know, add some pieces to the offensive line. Definitely need to work on the defensive line in the front seven uh, and everything. And then I think life will become a lot easier for the secondary because I think we have a really good secondary actually. And um, you know, and and uh, getting a new tight end or a new pass catching tight end was always a part of that discussion. I think if Cole Komet keeps putting the games together like he has these last few weeks we won't really be looking, maybe we'll be looking for a complimentary guy, but I don't think we'll be looking for tight end number one uh, again. So uh, he had a fantastic game uh, today, two touchdowns and uh, and everything else. Bear up. Riley Reef. wasn't so much anything spectacular that he did, but just the fact that um, I think that he has contributed greatly to the fact that Justin Fields hasn't been under as much pressure uh, as he was, all dis, all due respect to uh, Larry Larry Borum uh, and everything, who was uh, healthy and passed concussion protocol, but Reef went out for the second week in a row. And and frankly, I know you're not supposed to lose your job to, to injury and whatnot, but just to compare and contrast Riley Reef to Larry Borum and, and their production uh, on the field, I say Riley Reef should be our starting right tackle for the rest of the season. I really do. So I don't know if that's going to be the case, yeah, or maybe they'll throw Larry Borum back out there next week against the Lions and see how it goes. And and hopefully, if he struggles, Riley Reef gets back out there because you know Iberflus and company are not afraid to uh, put somebody else out there if you're not getting it done. But um, have to wait and see on that one. I just you know Riley Reef was awesome last week against the Cowboys, was solid again once again this week against the. Uh, Dolphins, I think he should be the guy uh going forward uh bear up darnell Mooney you know amazing touchdown catch uh in that one he was also getting involved uh in the passing game uh as well seven catches only 43 yards but uh you know we didn't have a prolific day throwing or catching the ball for either of them uh, you know McCorkum had five catches 41 yards two touchdowns Mooney 7 for 43 uh and one touchdown but it seemed like you know, just about every catch Mooney made was was important in, in one way uh, or another. And then, uh, f- you know, finally, bear up to, you know, Justin Fields. How do you not? You know, 17 of 28, so not as uh, prolific or as a good a percentage. But 17 of 28 is still like 61%. That's on the right side uh, of things. But uh, 123 yards, three touchdown passes in that one. And of course, he set the NFL single-season or single-game record for rushing for a quarterback, breaking Michael Vick's record of 173 with 178 yards rushing uh, in that game. And he had this, what what's, what's even more amazing is even if you take out his 61-yard touchdown run, he still had 117 yards rushing in this game on 14 carries. That's outstanding. So, uh, you know... I was listening I've been listening to podcasts all week and, and talking about the Roquan trade. Adam Hogue, um, on several occasions has said that the Bears traded away their best player. And I'm like, every time he said it, it bothered me because Roquan wasn't our best player. He was maybe our best defensive player, but even that was in debate when Robert Quinn was still on the team. You know? The best player on the team is on the offensive side. It always has been whether it was David Montgomery who has kind of fallen off or if you want to throw Khalil Herbert in there. But obviously, the best player that we have on offense or on the team, period, right now is Justin Fields. Full stop. It's not a discussion. He's the best player we have right now. And he's, been, he's playing the best football, and he's a huge reason why we've been as productive as we have been. He's a huge reason why we were in the games that we were in Uh, Even when when the offense was struggling, if the offense was moving, it was more because of him than it was anything else. And he is a major reason why the Bears are the number one rushing team uh, in the NFL because Montgomery and and Herbert did not have a good day running the football uh, yesterday. 14 carries, 36 yards for Montgomery, 7 carries, 23 yards for Herbert. But we ended up with 252 yards on the ground because Justin Fields cranked in 178. So, you know, it's because neither Herbert or Montgomery are in, like, the top ten of rushers right now. I'd I'd like to see where Justin Fields is, actually, after after yesterday's – or today's game, I should say. So, we'll see. So, those are all the bear-ups. I only have one bear down, and that's the Allen Williams. You got to get it figured out, man. You have got to get us a better defensive game plan in the first half. I mean even when we only gave up 14 uh to the Patriots it was on back-to-back drives in the second in the first quarter in the first half uh the Cowboys four five drives in the first half four uh touchdowns you know uh I I think it's it's one thing to allow a team to score five times in a football game it's another thing entirely for every one of those scores to be touchdowns That is a recipe for disaster. You will not win football games that way. You know, if we we had held firm and, and been a bend but don't break like we were earlier on in the season and we're giving up the field goals instead of touchdowns, it's a different discussion. But every single time a team gets their hands on the ball, they're marching it right down the field and putting it in the end zone. There's only, I mean, even before the offense started playing this well, this is an impossible situation. You're putting your offense in. They have to go in and do what's virtually impossible in the league and score every time out, just to give ourselves a chance uh, to win football games. So there, there's, uh, there's got to be something else that can be done. Maybe Coach Eberflus needs to get involved with the defensive game plan. Maybe play calling needs to be turned over to somebody else. Something to put our defense in a better chance to succeed, you know? And, and guys, I, I know we don't have Roquan or or uh, Robert Quinn anymore, but as I said earlier, it's not like the defense was one of the top units in the league before this started happening. You know, we were still getting gashed. We were still giving up points. We still weren't, you know, getting teams off the field on third down. It's just obviously the, the points have become an issue now. But, you know, we finally get our offense figured out and the defense has gone down the drain. This is not a good situation. So it's like, and I know that most, because uh, I, I, I keep seeing it online, people talking about, well, you know, Justin Fields is playing well and we improved our draft position. I think we're at number eight overall uh, at this point instead of, I think, 12 after the Cowboys game last week. I'm not worried about that shit. That all that stuff will work itself out. It's it's not going to be one of those things where you know six months from now or whatever, when the draft is taking place, that we're all cursing that win over the Lions because it was the difference between getting this guy or that one or anything. Never mind all that. The off will work itself out. I I have full faith in in Ryan Poles and what he'll be able to do with an open with an open checkbook. You know what I'm saying. He's basically being given a blank check for uh, for a free agency with this over one hundred million uh, in cap space. He'll figure something out. I don't. I don't think he'll spend every dime, but he'll use it wisely and bring in the people that will be able to help us. So, I'm not worried about the draft position and, and all that kind of stuff. You saw what he did with five picks and, and all that kind of stuff. He turned it into jaquan brisker kyler gordon braxton jones trenton gill you know we had uh was jack sanborn was our starting middle linebacker yesterday played well led the team in tackles he had seven solo tackles in the game led the team uh and everything so we've seen what he can do with the draft with the rookie free agents and and things like that uh i i have no problem with uh you know, I don't think the Bears need to have a top ten pick in order to have a successful draft. Ryan Poles, I think, is capable of doing fine no matter where we end up. I want to see the team win. You know, I want to watch us win. So the 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 fact that, you know, we're improving drafts, those are kind of silver linings to this and, and ones that I can live without, completely honest with you. I don't give a damn what our draft position is right now. I do not care. It is not in the silver lining discussion that I have. To me, the silver the silver lining is you know, Justin Fields is progressing, um, despite what's what's around him, or or more specifically, what's not around him. Despite the defense putting him in, you know, in a tough situation week in and week out lately, uh, he's still going out there and and producing. Boy, if we get this guy, you know, if we surround him with talent, like kind of like what two is going through uh, in Miami, and and you know what the Chiefs consistently do out there in Kansas City and and things like that, what the Bills did. I mean, the Bills is a perfect example. You know, they went out and got Stephon Diggs, they drafted Gabe Davis, and and all of a sudden, you know, they are a juggernaut on on offense and probably the team going to the Super Bowl this year if they can stop having games like the one they had today against the Jets. So, you know, it can be done. And if we get some people around fields, he's going to go from – being special right now to being elite and one of a kind uh in the near future. So I'm not worried about any of the like draft position or any of that bullshit. I'm I'm more concerned with the progress that Justin Fields is making and winning football games. I want to see the Bears win. I hate picking against my guys. I hate the fact that I was right about this. I wanted to be so wrong and be sitting here eating crow, uh talking about oh, I got that pick wrong and all the rest of that stuff. I want to watch the Bears win the hell with this. So, and finally, and most valuable bear, I mean, it's, it's Fields out the gate, full stop. It's There is nobody else more important to the team uh, yesterday. So, there you have it, guys. That's going to do it for the week nine review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back tomorrow on Tuesday when uh, we will be uh, wrapping up week number nine, talking about all the games. How did I do? Well, it's like the Sunday night game is. Uh, has just wrapped up the Chiefs won. I'm at eight and four with the Monday night game to go so I'm doing pretty well so if uh, the Ravens win I'll be nine and four uh, and it will be another good week for me so come on back tomorrow we'll recap all the games and uh, get ready for uh, week number 10 when the Lions come into town so until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Off Underground